first memory ever of horses because none of my family none of my family is into horses so i remember i was like i don't know four maybe five years old and i went to my cousin's house and they i remember it's very faint memory because it was like probably one of my first ones but they put me up on this huge gray horse it was probably normal size but i was you know a little child so it felt ginormous to me and then that's just kind of where I was hooked, um, but I didn't grow up with horses. I, I was not lucky enough to have that privilege. So mm-hmm. constantly I was begging and begging my parents, you know, every Christmas, birthday, any holiday, mm-hmm. I was like, please, I just want a horse. I just want a pony something. And they had the same excuse every time, like, oh, it's too expensive. They thought it was just a phase. And, um, finally I just got fed up with being told no and when I was 16 I went out and got a job at McDonald's you know Mm -hmm. like every 16 year old does Mm -hmm. and I just started working and saving up my money and when I was 17 it was close to the end of my senior year of high school um, this girl that I just knew in passing at school had said that her cousin was selling her horse and I was like hmm that sounds like the time for me. <laughs> so I went and I was like, okay, here's some money. And I ended up buying my first horse from this girl that I didn't even know and knew nothing. I had never been around them aside from that time. I was mm-hmm. a little kid and like little circus, like ring rides, whatever. Um, yeah, just jumped right in, bought my first horse without ever having ridden one. Um, which is totally the wrong way to do it now that I know things. <laughs> uh, I would what, not recommend everyone do it that way, but that's the way I did it. What and kind of a it horse was, was it? She was, uh, her name was Lady. She was a Tennessee Walker quarter horse cross. Hmm. She was a big chestnut mare and just the sweetest thing. Um, it, she, she just tolerated everything. I mean, I couldn't even halter her correctly, let alone put on a saddle and the bridle and oh my gosh the the curb chain was over her nose the the saddle was way too far back I mean it was just it was a mess at the beginning good horse to learn on though right yeah she was pretty tolerant um I mean again my seat was horrible and and I didn't start taking lessons until a couple years later so um she was a saint she really was and unfortunately the people that I got her from, I think just to do a quick sale, they told me she was 15 or 16 and she ended up being 21. Sure. And oh, wow. she had, yeah, she had stomach ulcers that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up colicking about six months later and, and passed away. Oh. Uh, so that was, you know, pretty tragic. My first, my first yeah. horse six yeah. months later uh, colicked and didn't end well, but I learned a lot from that situation, like how, how to handle a colicking horse and what to do and the signs of it. So that was a big learning curve. And, um, and the, the second horse that I got was this lady at the barn. She saw that I was upset about this horse and was like, Hey, you know, my mom has, she's got a herd of horses and she's trying to downsize cause she's older. And, you know, she's got this one, he's young, you know, he's a paint, he's really pretty. Um, and his name was Willie. She's like, you can, you can have him for free. Just oh, give wow. him a 30 day refresher and he'll be the best trail horse. Oh. ever." And I was like, oh yeah, this sounds great. Yeah. What, what could 
go wrong. Um, <laughs> no, <we went. laughs> uh, this horse, they, they delivered to me on a trailer and he was dripping wet. And I thought that they had, I thought that they had uh, hosed him off before they put him in the trailer. Cause I didn't know this was six months in and hmm. I didn't know anything really. And turns out this horse had never been on a trailer before he's eight years old Mm -hmm. and he was a pasifino foxtrotter cross Um, (laughs) yeah so talk about high strong high energy very reactive my goodness Um, and this horse comes comes off the trailer and is like not even halter broke i mean he's you can't even control him on the ground and it was i was like oh okay I have a lot of YouTube to watch now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. no. For the, for the next nine months, I would, um, I would take some advice from the other girls at the barn and I would watch YouTube videos and watch mm-hmm. all these like natural horsemanship clinics online. And mm-hmm. so I would go home, I'd watch a video on how to do something. I'd come back to the barn the next day and practice it with my horse till he got really good with it. And then I would just keep adding stuff on. So uh, for not knowing anything in nine months, I got to the point where I could saddle him up, tack him up, bridle and everything. He would take the bit real nice. Um, I could ground drive him with 20 foot lines Mm -hmm. behind him, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could lean, I could put one foot in the stirrup and lean over him and rub the other side. But for some reason, it was just me being a greenhorn. I didn't think to do that on the other side. Um, oh. it, you know, I did a lot of desensitizing as well, like with flags and, and whips, like cracking whips around him. And he was getting pretty good at it. But again, didn't think to step into the stirrup on that right side. And one day I was like, all right, today is the day I'm going to ride you. And luckily I was in a round pen. I was by myself um, and he was doing really good. And I swung a leg over the second I did that he just took off man I mean there was no I will say this horse never bucked and he never reared but I didn't have a seat because it had been nine months since I rode and before that it wasn't very long so again like I still knew nothing basically and so he just took off running and I fell off immediately so I tried again like right right then and there I was like all right can't end on that gotta get back on And did the same thing, got back on and now he did the horse did the same thing. He took off running and I fell off again. So I was like, okay, I need help. So I went to the guy that was at this barn that ran the barn. Um, and he was, you know, self-proclaimed cowboy cult starter type of guy. And (laughs) it's like, ah, I could break him. No problem. Yeah. So I pay this guy a month's worth of training for this horse and I told him okay this is what I've done this is what he has been doing like this is what happens when you try to get on him and I had been boarding at this barn so the guy kind of knew the horse a little bit already mm-hmm. um and he worked with the horse for 30 minutes on the ground and he did really great he was phenomenal at groundwork because that's all I had been doing for nine months <laughs> he goes to get on him and the same, th- he, the same thing happened. He just took off running. He just like bolted, which, um, you know, the guy fell off immediately. <laughs> I think we stayed on about the same amount of time. 
I was a little shocked because I was like, oh, well, you start Colts all the time and they buck and whatever. And he, so he fell off, whatever, and claimed to crack three ribs and then refused to work with the horse again. Oh. Um, <laughs> also, I did not get my money back. So I was kind of upset there oh, no. and was like, oh my God. Okay. So here I am with this horse. I don't know. This is beyond me now. Like this is beyond what I know. I need help. This guy won't do it. He took my money. So I ended up moving to a different barn and this place was kind of an Arabian barn. They had English, a lot of English background. <laughs> and so now I'm like, okay, here's my situation. Can you please train this horse for me? Like just get him going so I can ride him. So put him in training there. And I took, I started taking actual lessons was the first time ever. Uh, started taking actual lessons on one of their lesson horses, which is this Arabian mare who was just a spitfire. I mean, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. she was learned a lot from that mare too. And so several months go, like a couple months go by and there's not a whole lot of training going on. I don't know why with the, with Willie, the little Paso Foxtrotter and the trainer, she came to me and said, do you know anybody looking for a horse. I know somebody that has this Palomino Appaloosa and he's for sale and he's really good. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy him for my boyfriend. But I was joking and she was serious. She was like, no, you really need to come look at this horse because he's really good. So we go, we look at him. His name's Cowboy. And I immediately fall in love with this Aww. horse. He's six years old. We went to go look at him. He, um, the owner hadn't been she was on vacation and so she was gone for a month and so he hadn't been ridden in a month as a six-year-old she got on the owner got on rode him around walk trot lope then the trainer got on walk trot lope i got on and then the boyfriend got on and he was amazing he was great and i was like okay sold so now i brought this other horse home and now i have two um <laughs> And then I, then my riding took off. I, I was riding every single day for mm. like three, sometimes three, four hours a day. I would take a break and then come back later. And I mean, I spent all my time with this horse mm. doing everything that I could taking sometimes two lessons a week, just trying to, you know, get my riding to where I wanted it to be or just to get better mm -hmm. training for, um, Western dressage. And so we did a lot of training in that. And then the next six months go by, we start showing things didn't work out with the boyfriend. So we, we broke up and then I had these two horses and the one I still couldn't ride because I, I pulled him out of training. He just kind of was on the back burner. So mm -hmm. I ended up giving Willie to a friend who then finished training him. And now he is an awesome trail horse mm -hmm. and he's wow. off with some friend who absolutely spoils him and he's loving life. Mm -hmm. So Willie Willie got a happy ending. I was I was really happy about that because I mm -hmm. felt bad having to give him up, but he ended up going to a great family and they absolutely love him. So mm. so I'm happy about that. And um, yeah, from there my my riding really took off with Cowboy. We we did the Western dressage showing and the judges loved him. We placed no lower than third that whole summer. Wow. They absolutely loved him. Oh, and then I ended up moving to this place called Rainmaker, which is where I met Allie. I don't know how, how, how long has it been now? Like, 
I couldn't even tell you. Probably what five, six five years. years. Six years, something yeah. like that. And Allie and I immediately became friends. I mean, which... we, we look alike. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Anytime we go out to eat, they'd be like, oh my God, is that your sister? Twin sisters. But she's like a foot shorter than me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I am. It's it's funny. Yeah. Um, So Allie and I quickly became friends and we were doing, I started showing and like all the traditional Western stuff, halter and pleasure and equitation and trail classes and you know, got into a little bit of the barrel racing and um, Allie and I would take roping lessons together with, with uh, Jim over at Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. And um, I yeah. yeah, so that's when um, Jim, the guy at Rainmaker, he taught me a lot about training and how to stay on a horse better when they're acting up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we, we just started going from there um but then I had I had a bad fall off of a horse uh that was not my own mm-hmm. Allie I know you remember this mm-hmm. um, I the horse the horse yeah it, it ended up it, it ended up dislocating my kneecap Ooh. and uh I was stupid and I just I shoved it back into place myself <laughs> and then oh waited <laughs> waited six months before seeing a doctor oh my. um and the reason i finally decided to go to a doctor was because i uh i couldn't get on my horse from the ground anymore it, it was really hard for me to ride uh, for long periods of time and it was just it was just really achy so i go they do an mri and they're like oh yeah you really messed yourself up so i ended up having to have a reconstruction done to my left knee which oh, of course wow. is the knee that you get on your horse or that side so um I went into um it was like a four month recovery they didn't they told me to stop riding altogether and I was like yeah that's not happening (laughs) Uh, they're like okay well at least six months and I waited four I thought that was pretty good four months (laughs) yeah four months I was like that's "That's enough that's plenty of right um, so in the meantime, you know, I was, I was off work, um, and they were paying me a medical leave. So that was okay, but it wasn't paying for board. So what I ended up having to do is lease my horse out, lease cowboy out to, uh, this little seven-year-old girl. And I had a couple of people come out to look at him and I, on the ad, I said, Oh, come check out this horse. You know, you can have one free ride just to see if you like him. But that was a lie. It was mainly for me to see if I liked them. And the way they- yep. <laughs> uh, so somebody, I forget how I came into contact with her, with this little girl. She was seven years old and someone's like, yeah, get a hold of her. You know, she was thrown from her horse this summer. Hmm. Um, it, it was, I think it was the end of October is when they started the lease. And so she came out to ride him and her mom was there and, you know, her dad too. And she got on him after a long time because she was scared. And I was just leading him around. Her mom was right next to her. And she was so terrified that she just would cry because she was so scared. And yeah, so they ended up doing the lease. And I said, okay, you can have three days a week that you ride plus one lesson with me a week. And this was, you know, years, this is I don't know, like four or five years into horses now. Um, so I knew, I knew some stuff mm-hmm. at this point. And um, 
over the course of the four months, her riding took off too. Uh, she went from being so scared she couldn't even walk on him by herself to loping through obstacle courses on him. And she was doing like trail courses, opening gates with him, going over poles, weaving mm. through cones. I mean, for seven years old, I was like, dang, this girl, she's a, she's a good little rider. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, so that was, that was happening while I was recovering. And one night it was, it was a bad night after therapy. I was really down because I, I went from being really active to nothing at all. Like I couldn't even work. I could barely walk. Allie saw, she was there for when I was crippled. I would go and pick um, you up and shove you in my truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She literally had to pick me up. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, so again, it was right after therapy one night. It was a Friday night. I was sitting on my couch, icing my knee, crocheting, watching Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm 22 years old. What am I, wow. what am I doing? Um, I just kind of had an epiphany that I just really did not like anything that I was doing. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like my job where I was at. I was driving a forklift in a factory. Um, I didn't like the people I lived with. I didn't like the house that I lived in, the neighborhood. Uh, it was just, you know, kind of, I was like, Ugh, this sucks. So I went to the barn the next day, you know, trucked in on my crutches to see Cowboy because he always made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I caught the tail end of a conversation between two ladies. One was telling the other how she used to be a wrangler in her early 20s. Um, I don't know if you guys know who she is. Her name's Abby Kurth. And mm-hmm. she owns Bronco Western Bronco Supply. Western Supply. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I heard her talking about it and I was asking her some questions like, oh, what is, what is a wrangler? What do they do? And she was telling me about it. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do that. <laughs> so I went, I went home and I, and at this point in my life, I had no idea that this even existed, that that Wranglers were a thing that people went to dude ranches for vacation or that it was even a thing because, you know, our vacations as a family, we would always go to Florida because we have a house there. So (laughs) that was our vacation all the time. So I go home and I start doing some research and I'm learning what all this wrangling stuff is. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like a dream job. I get to ride horses all day and get paid to do it I'm doing this so um at this point I had had a new boyfriend and you know he wasn't really on board with it at first and he was like oh well you know we'll see so I ended up I was like well whatever you decide to do I'm gonna do it so I I just started applying for everything I mean I had nothing else to do so I might as well just apply for everything and I ended up applying I think in all of all of the Western states, two, sometimes three jobs per state. Um, I applied to one job in Mexico and one job in Canada. And I was just, I didn't care where I was going. I just knew that I was leaving. I was getting out of Ohio mm-hmm. and uh, I was, I was going to get out of there. So a couple of months go by and I'm back to work and riding and that I had finally had a goal to work on in therapy. And uh, I get a call from this guy in Colorado in Gateway, which is a tiny, tiny little town. It, the population is, I think, 500. Wow. Their school is 
K through 12 and in the summer that I was there, they had 13 kids in, in their school from K through 12. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The town is tiny, tiny little town, about an hour South of Grand Junction, Colorado. So it's on the Western slope, the West part of the state. So he calls me, we have an interview and I talk with him for well over an hour. And then finally a week later, he offered me the position and I immediately accepted (laughs) Um, and so now I have three weeks to tell my family what I'm doing because I kept it a secret from them because I knew they <laughs> So three weeks I had to let my family know, tell tell my friends. Um, I found a horse trailer, bought it, packed up all my stuff oh, and my dog, mm-hmm. and I left, left everything behind. Um <laughs> and you know, didn't at this point. I had never been west of Indiana, so I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and my dad, he was trying to warn me. He was like, yeah, you better watch out for those mountains going downhill with the trailer. I was like, yeah, whatever, dad. I've seen the mountains before. And oh, smoky boy. Mountains. Oh, my. <laughs> In Kentucky. Oh, my yeah, the Rockies, let me tell you, oh. the Smokies don't even, don't even compare at all. I mean, I was not prepared. For, for those mountains it was crazy um I had to stop a couple times my truck was overheating and it was it was a I decided to just drive straight so there's my horse my dog with me in the, in the truck and I drove straight so I think every time I stopped for gas I'd let the horse out for 45 minutes let him let him get his legs and uh it was about a 36 hour trip oh straight uh, but I finally made it and that is that was that was in 2018 and it was the best summer of my life um i i got to meet some really cool people that i was working with i got to work with some really old cowboys who had been cowboying their whole life and ended up you know not only doing the, the the dude wrangling so taking guests on trail rides but i also was able to start working with cattle and doing cattle ranching as well we owned our own herd of of Corianne cattle and then um, the foreman of this ranch he had probably about 50 head of cow calf pair black angus and so on my off days I would go with him and we'd go gather cows up we'd we'd doctor them we I've been a part of brandings and because I had some roping background at the at, at Rainmaker, that really came in handy because in the branding pen, you got to get in there, rope their back legs and drag them out to the fire. And hmm. so not only was I doing, you know, trail rides with guests, but I was doing cattle ranching as well. And we were also doing a little bit of farming. So um, some flood irrigation, we were planting hay. And so that summer of 2018 is, is really when you know, I was able to find who I am as a person and what I enjoy in life and, and what I want out of what I want out of life. Um, so then that led me to think, okay, well, Willie back to, back to that horse that I never could ride. It's like, all right. Um, knowing what I know now, I totally could have done it, but you know, at the time I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I decided, all right, I'm going to redeem myself and get myself a little, a young little project horse, something that He's I can cute. train myself. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Allie knows who he is. Yep. Um, 
and and see you know see what I can do and then and then my original intent was to flip him and sell him for more than what I bought him for Mm -hmm. so I'm looking all over in Colorado um and the prices were high Hmm. so I was like "Eh, I don't want to I don't want to you know, buy anything here in Colorado where I was at because the price is high. So I started branching out and, and on these Facebook groups, um, I made a post and I said, in search of little project for us, I stated everything that I wanted. Basically the only criteria was it had to be a gelding because they out West, they sell higher than mares. Mm-hmm. And um, it just couldn't be a crazy bronc, you know, it couldn't buck and, and stuff like that. Cause you know, I still had that knee issue that I was yeah. dealing with. <laughs> so the very first comment on this thing, this post that I had made was some guy in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. And, you know, he didn't have that many teeth, but he seemed honest. So I, <laughs> I uh, started talking to this guy. I was like, all right, you know, talk about this horse. He was a little three-year-old uh, registered quarter horse gelding. He was a little Palomino. Hmm. And I was like, perfect. He's a gelding. He's three years old. That's a good age. A Palomino. Everybody loves Palominos. That's like the in thing right now. Um, so I had him send me a couple of videos and I was like, all right, sold. I'm on my way. Come get this horse. So I drive 12 hours to the middle of nowhere in Kansas. And um, I got there kind of late. So I was like, I'll see you in the morning. I'll come in the morning. And I stayed in this town had a gas station a what was it a fire department a one hotel and a pizza hut that's wow. that's all that <laughs> so because it was all one hotel I had no choice to stay there and I get in there and the room is all dingy um there's probably blood stains everywhere probably a murder happened I don't know it was just <laughs> not a safe place to be and um the next morning I go and I look at the horse and Again, because of, you know, the couple of years that I had been into, into the horse thing, um, I had a, a, a list that I would go down for when I was buying a new one. So when I showed up, the horse was already saddled. And I said, no, I want you to take the saddle off and I want you to resaddle because mm-hmm. something could be wrong there. Yeah. And he took the saddle off. And then I was just like, oh, my gosh, who, what is this horse? It doesn't look anything like in the pictures. Oh. I mean, he was skin and bones. Oh. You could see, yeah, you could see every rib. His yeah. his back didn't touch at all. I mean, he was just his neck was all sunken. His eye sockets were sunken. I mean, he was he was gross looking. Yeah. Um, oh, I was like, this is not the horse yeah. that you showed me. Right. So. I was like, I can't believe you've been riding this thing. And he's like, well, be honest. He's only had like 10 rides ever. Mm-hmm. He's only been under saddle a month. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. So, um, okay. So he tacked him back up and he's like, all right, you can get on now. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're going to get on him and you're going to ride him first. <laughs> so, <laughs> he got on and he, he walked him through his paces, walked, trot, lope, you know, stop back up, turn around, do the same thing. And he did good. It was really sloppy. You could tell the horse was very, very, very green. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was yanking hard on his mouth. The horse mm-hmm. was, he wasn't soft at all. And then I got on and I rode him around. And anytime I try out a new horse, I try to make the horse mad. I mean, I ride horribly with a heavy hand because I want to see if the horse is, 
is going to act up. Like, what is this horse going to do when I put all this pressure on him? And he did great. He didn't, he fussed a little bit, but I mean, he, he again, didn't buck or anything. And I was really squeezing the crap out of him and, and he did, he did great. So I was like, all right, he passes all my tests, except the slap, which is to get in the trailer. And at that time I had this horrible little two horse straight load bumper pull that was so rusted. Ugh, I named it old Bessie for a reason. And uh, he, he walked right on the trailer, which is great. And I was like, all right, the horse is sold. So I take this horse back and I asked the guy too, I was like, why are you, why are you getting rid of him? And he was honest. He said, honestly, I can't feed him, hmm. which is why he looks the way he does. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I can't let the horse stay here and starve. He was ugly, but I was like, you know, it's fine. We'll get you fattened up and I took him back to the ranch with me. And as soon as I got back, I knew that I had something good because my boss, who was the ranch manager says, what did you pay for the horse? I told him, he's like, I'll give you a thousand dollars more than what you paid for him right now. Wow. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to train him and get him, you know, get him up there, get him, you know, see if I see what I can do with him. So, um, this was also kind of towards the end of the summer season. So I had a choice. I could either go back to Ohio and try to get my life together or <laughs> continue doing this. So I decided, you know what? I'm done with the cold. I'm going to move to Arizona where it's nice and warm in the winter times. So all I did was one Google search. I typed in guest ranches in Arizona, the very first ranch to pop up. I, I called the number. They, they forwarded me to the head wrangler there. I talked to him for 15 minutes. He offered me a job. And then in, in a month, I was on my way to Arizona with both with these two horses. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so I started, so this, this little horse, I, his name was Yeller at first. And I was like, ew, no, that's a dog. I, we can't name him Yeller. So uh, I ended up naming him Denver because I was living in Colorado at the time. And it became a really special place for me. So I thought Denver was appropriate. So his name is Denver now. And him and Cowboy, they did not get along at first. They, <laughs> Cowboy hated because Cowboy is very extroverted and very like in your face. Like, what are you doing? What do you have for me today? Where's my food? Stick to the schedule, people. And Denver was, is the exact opposite. He's really quiet and sweet and like in your pocket, little puppy dog wants to follow you around. Um, so they didn't get along at first. Cowboy was like, ah, oh, this one's taking all my food, <laughs> but now they're like absolutely in love with each other. They are in So that's nice. So over the next few months, um, I had moved to Arizona and I started working there at, a, at another guest ranch and, um, and so I was training, I was training, uh, Denver and he, I started roping off of him. And at the time I had a friend that was a couple, like an hour and a half North of me that worked at a, a cattle ranch. So every weekend I would trailer both my horses up there and we would, we would do ranch stuff. Um, they had 600 cow calf pair. And so every day that I was there, we would have to, you know, our horses were saddled and ready to go by 4.30 in the morning. And we would ride basically all day looking, you know, if it was calving season, we would, we would help, you know, help the mamas deliver the babies and we would check them. 
you know, see, see if they needed any doctoring. Um, there were a couple times where some were too sick and the mom had kind of abandoned them. There were two of them that this happened to. And we, you literally just pick the calf up, set them on your saddle hmm. and you ride back to the, to the corral. And, and then they sat in a pen for the next couple months and we had to bottle feed them. And so Denver got a lot of exposure there with roping and, and doing brandings and gathering the 600 pair up and, and moving them. Um, there were, you know, bulls that, that had escaped one time. We had to go gather them up and they were pretty feisty, um, fixing the fence. Like there was so much stuff to do. So Denver got exposed to all of that, which was really good. It, it really seasoned him in just a couple months that we were doing that. And to this day, I have no excuse as to why I still have this horse because I've been offered, you know, a decent amount of money for him and I just can't get rid of him. <laughs> so he's stuck with me. They're both stuck with me now. Um, yeah. And then, so I did one season, I did the season in Arizona. Um, it's called Rancho de los Caballeros. And so I, this is my third season there. I keep coming back because mm. it's a really cool place. I like the guy that I work for. Um, and then I discovered my first season at, at we call it Lost Cab for short, because that's a mouthful. Um, I discovered what Jackson Hole, Wyoming is. Mm. Now, if you guys don't know what that is, it is the, in my opinion, the most beautiful spot in America that I've seen so far. I mean, the Grand Teton mountain range is, is just really something to behold. I mean, it is, you look at it and you can't say anything. because It's just that beautiful. I mean, it really it takes your breath away. Um, so the guy that supplies Lost Cab with their horses, he owns about 2,300 head of horses. And I had contacted him towards the end of my first season at Lost Cab and said, hey, uh, I know you do trail rides uh, in Jackson Hole, and I was wondering if you need any help. And he's like, yeah, come on up. You know, I got a job for you. I see how you work at, at this place. And, you know, come on, come on up. You got a job here. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, last, was, what was it, 2019, I think it was, was my first season in Wyoming, where it was absolutely beautiful. And I'd never seen so many horses in one spot. I mean, his main job, his main business is just shipping horses out to different, um, different ranches across the West and supplying them with their horses. Mm -hmm. And we spent the first few weeks in his yard where we were separating the horses and, and shipping them out to different ranches. And I think at one time, the most horses I've seen at one time was 600 head. And oh my gosh, like you, that, that was a crazy amount. He's got horses, ponies, mules, donkeys, draft horses, draft mules. I mean, he's got it all. And, and they're, they come from all, all over the, all over the United States. Um, he actually gets a lot of his horses from some Amish guy in the middle of Ohio. So I thought that was cool that he, he knew of Ohio and Michigan. He gets some of his horses in Michigan too. Um, and I spent the summer working there and have a lot of crazy stories from from Wyoming and Arizona too. Uh, so again, first winter season was in Arizona, then Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Then I went back to Arizona uh, last winter. And then this past summer, I worked at another dude ranch, but everybody got COVID. So that was cool. And they ended up, they ended up shutting um, 
they didn't shut the ranch down completely, but they, they really um, went down to just the limited amount of guests that they could take. And unfortunately they went down from, they went from 40 employees to 18. Mm. So I was one, like most of the Wranglers, we got cut. So I went back to Teton village working with that guy with all of his horses for the rest of the summer. And then um, here I am now in Arizona, working my third season at, mm. at the ranch where they promoted me to assistant head wrangler. So when our, when our manager's not there, I'm, I'm the acting manager and, you know, I do payroll now and, and do all these like big decisions type stuff. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I have, I have story. one question. What do your parents yeah. think now when they didn't get you that horse when you were little? <laughs> <laughs> They're blown away. They're like, well, we didn't know that you were that serious. And, and my, I, every time I'm like, look at me now, dad, what do you think? <laughs> and he's just like, I had no idea you were that into it. And I was like, yeah, I, I was serious. And um, yeah, so they're, they're proud. They're, they're sad that I'm away. Um, but they're happy that I'm happy and they're happy that I'm out here doing what I love mm -hmm. and, and getting, you know, every day is something new, something new is happening and mm -hmm. you're never done learning about horses, no matter what discipline you you have. I mean, they're just the, the cowboys that I've worked with that have been doing ranching their entire life. I mean, there's a million and one ways to get one thing out of a horse and it's just, it amazes yes. me each time that, That's right. how much. I have left to learn. I mean, everybody is the, the same. Like you're never done learning. It's always going to be a journey. And I love that. You never know what's going to be right around the corner. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. Well, we will be taking a short break. And when we come back, we will enter our next segment, Canter Banter. This podcast is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember, laugh much and ride often. This happened in Wyoming. It was my first season there. And we had a herd of about 50 horses. And the night before they had delivered um, six new ones. Now, when our corral was located in a different place than our pasture. And so they just grazed. They just grazed all night. That's, that's how they ate. Mm -hmm. And every morning, we, two wranglers would ride out and they would push the herd in, into the corral. When they were pushing, the reason you needed two was somebody had to be in the front mm -hmm. and someone had to be in the back because there was no fencing to keep these horses in. And they had free range. They could go up the, up the ski mountain into the neighborhoods. They could go out onto the highway. But normally <laughs> they would follow the person in front. So was, things got Western pretty quick sometimes when they would take off running. Mm -hmm. um, so one morning, this was the morning after we got six new ones in and they didn't know our routine. And so sure enough, they decided to take off up, up the ski mountain into the neighborhoods and we lost six of them. Mm -hmm. Or no, we lost eight of them total. So eight horses are now missing and we're trying to find them <laughs> scrambling around, running up the mountain and we can't find them. So we're like, okay, we have, 
these other horses, uh, we need to get them saddled because we have guests coming to ride in one hour. Oh so we go back down and we, we, we saddle up the rest of the horses and we send our first ride out. Now, sometimes people overestimate their ability and sometimes <laughs> nobody's being on a horse. Um, but we send everybody. We try to accommodate all. So the first ride went out. The rest of us, two horses had came back into the pasture. So we rode out and we're trying to gather up these two and they're running around like crazy. And we're just trying to get them. Then all of a sudden I get a call and it's from the Wrangler that took the ride out. And she's like, Hey, someone fell off. I need you up here now. And I was the closest one. And I was the only one that had a med kit. So I take off running and I was riding cowboy. Thank God for this. I was riding my horse cowboy. who's amazing. Does anything fast this horse do. And we're running, we're hauling. I mean, we're going really fast trying to run up. I knew exactly where they were. They were up on our switchback trail. And so I'm running up to get to them because I didn't know how hurt they were. And all of a sudden I get to the fork in the trail where I had to go right. Just before that fork, there is a mama bear and her cub. Mm. And I immediately slowed my horse down and I started yelling, you know, you got to yell, wave your arms, act big. And normally a black bear who this is, that's what this was. They normally will leave you alone and they'll run away. They're very kind of, they're kind of docile. They don't really care about people, but she had her baby with her. I mean, and this was, this was a, you know, couple month old baby. So she was very protective and the little baby cub, it ran off to the left. And I was like, great. Mom's going to follow. Mom did not follow mom. Ended up, and it happened so fast. I was probably 15 feet away from this bear. And all of a sudden she stood up on her hind legs and she growled at me. Oh my now, I don't know if you guys have had a bear scream at you, uh-uh. but it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So in my head, I made a split second decision. I could either run from the bear and kick in its prey drive. And then it could chase after me. And bears are just as fast as horses, by the way. Oh wow. Or... I could charge the bear and hope it backs down. And I was like, okay, Jesus, take the reins. Let's get, yes. this, let's get this cowboy. So, you know, I take my rein and I whack cowboy on the butt and, and start screaming. And I don't know if cowboy thought this was a cow or what, but his ears were pinned. His mouth was open, ready to bite this bear. And he just charged right after it. And I got so close to this bear. If I had just reached down, like by my stirrup, I could have touched this bear. I mean, we basically body checked it. And luckily she did back down and ran off. So there was that. And I kept, I continued running up to the people, finally got to them. The lady, she had just, her saddle slipped and she fell off and she said her tailbone hurt and she didn't want to get back on her horse. So normally in that situation, the Wrangler will get, I would get off my horse and walk with her back to the corral. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, also, by the way, there is a bear down there with her oh. cubs. So I'm not getting off my horse. You can walk behind me. The ride continued on with the other Wrangler ponying her horse. And, you know, we started walking down and they, the ride got farther ahead of us because, you know, they're on horses mm-hmm. and we hear them in the distance screaming because we're in the woods and echoes. Oh. We hear them screaming. Because the bear had come back. Oh no. But she had like eight people on her ride and they were all on horses. So <laughs> the bear the bear ran away. So it was fine. But the, 
this lady, she's like, oh my God, what's that screaming? I was like, well, that's probably the bear that I told you about. <laughs> you didn't want to over, so now you have to walk. And she's like, well, can I get on your horse with you? And I was like, no. So, that's not how this works. <laughs> no. Um, so we got her back to the corral, safe and sound. She was fine. And then we get a call from the mountain, the ski mountain. And they're like, hey, we found your horses. They're up oh at 9,000 feet. Come get them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, and mind you, this is all before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I was like, Andrea, you're coming with me to get these horses. So we have a driver. We have six halters. Mm-hmm. And we get up and we, we find the horses. Sure enough, they are at 9,000 feet. The peak of this mountain was 10,500. Oh so gosh. they almost made it up. They went from six... <laughs> To 9,000 feet. I mean, they were on a mission to get. So um, we halter them. And when we're done haltering them, I look behind me and the truck is gone. And I look at my boss and I was like, so the truck's gone. What do we do now? He's like, oh, just get the horse and get on. And I'm like, Chad, you just bought these horses. Okay, there's one. They're new. You don't know them. Two, you want me to jump on a horse bareback that you don't know in a halter. At He's like, yeah. feet. <laughs> and then also I have to pony two of them mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I'll do it I find a rock and I jump on the smallest one because I figure when I fall off yeah I will have less you know room to travel to the mm-hmm. ground yeah. so I'm on I'm on this brand new horse that he doesn't know bareback in a halter ponying two other so here we are on, um, I'm on, I'm on this horse bareback that he just bought. He doesn't know riding it again, bareback with just a halter ponying two other horses that he also doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, again, I picked the smallest one because I figured it was less of, you know, a fall when right. I, when I fall. And so we're riding along, we're going down the mountain and Jackson hole in Teton village, the ski mountain, there's very steep. I mean, it's one of the steepest people come from all around the world to ski mm-hmm. there but because it's so steep. So we're, we're going along just fine at a walk. And then he looks down at his watch and he's like, Oh crap, we got to go. And I'm like, uh, what, what do you, what do you mean? We have to go. He says, well, you have a ride to take out in 20 minutes and we need you down at the corral. Now we got to yes. go. So Next thing I know, we are loping down this mountain on horse bareback with a halter, ponying two others that we have no idea if these are safe, sound horses. Um, And I really thought that that was the day I was going to die. But as we're loping along, um, Jesus take the reins. Everything was fine. That's the second, the second moment in this one day that I said that to to take the reins because I was really questioning if I was going to survive today. <laughs> <laughs> um, we made it back down the mountain just fine. The horses were amazing. Aww. I could not two strangers to do this to them. Um, we made it back down. My horse was saddled for me and... Aww. I went on a ride and then had lots to talk about. The rest of- <laughs> wow. What a day. <laughs> and the eight people were fine too. What was that? The eight people were fine too after their experience then. On the- oh yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> they were still ready to go. I was like, yeah, there's a bear around here with a baby that I ran into. And they're like, where? I want to see. I'm like, oh. no, you don't. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
goodness. That was, that was a funny day. Um, just day in the life. Crazy. Day in the life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever heard a story like that no. before. <laughs> so... We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all of your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Writers podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively to YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.